What is up, True Selfie fam? It's Brooke, your host, and I am pumped about today's topic. But before we dive into what I believe to be a true word from God for you today, I want to let you know that there are plenty ways to support this podcast. What you are doing right now is supporting it just by listening, and I appreciate your listen. But there are other ways to support by sharing on your social media platforms, leaving a star or review from wherever you are listening from, or by financially supporting. Whether it be through clicking the more feature tab, you'll see a link that says support this podcast, which gives you the flexibility to do small monthly contributions as little as 99 cents. You can also support through my website, brookegunther.com by clicking the donate tab where one-time contributions or monthly contributions are accepted through PayPal or by using your debit or credit card. However you support, I appreciate you. Now, let's dive into today's topic. Hey guys, what's up? It's Brooke here. I'm so fired up for the topic today. Um, I hope you've had a great week. Um, It's Thursday, and so... Um, it's almost the weekend, so we can rejoice in that. Um, I love weekends. It's just time to like just kind of regroup, you know, after whatever week you've had um, busyness or maybe you've been in a, a week of um, just, you know, depression or frustration. Um, you know, God is always with us in those seasons. And I just love sometimes we need to take a break. You know, um, some of us work way too much. Some of us, you know, have busy lives and, and, you know, we're just walking through seasons of, um, this overwhelmingness. Um, and I just wanted to bring, uh, speak life to you this morning and just say, you know, God is with us in every season in the highs and in the lows he is with us and he will always, always, always get us through. So be encouraged this morning. If you find yourself needing some encouragement, um, I'm talking about a topic today that, um, I don't know. I kind of, I remember growing up listening to a couple, um, there's just some verses that really speak out that I really remember. I really think it's because I was a teenager growing up in church and I always heard the, um, urgency of lukewarmness. And so I always remember the the scripture that talks about, you know, God doesn't want you lukewarm. He would like spit you out of his mouth. He would rather have you hot or cold. Um, and I think that's such like a key scripture that a lot of youth pastors or, uh, speakers at conferences use for kids going through, um, you know, just the high school years and the junior high years and the college years. Um, because I think those, those times in our lives are very crucial. Um, whether, you know, we continue to walk out our God given lives or, you know, we can be easily persuaded to hook up with the enemy. And then, um, it just gets harder and harder and harder as you get older. Um, most of you know this, that we just become more set in our ways and it just, our heart, our hearts just grow hardened as we get older. And so I think the young adult and the kids and the teenage years are really important in our lives just to make sure that we are walking with God. And I just remember that being one of those scriptures that I always heard, um, you know, in those years of my life. And I found it funny as, um, we were 
just watching and and seeing all of the revivals that are going on in college campuses and just different places around the world. And my spirit, um, one, was kind of not upset. I don't mean that way because I love that the revivals are breaking out. It means people's eyes are getting opened and and God's kingdom is getting glorified and enlarged. And I love that. But I'm like, oh, why can't that happen where I am? (laughs) Because I know that there is so much power you know, in God's presence. And I'm just like, do that here, God, you know, um, don't, I don't want to miss out. You know, that's my, that's kind of more of my heart, not really upset, but I just don't want to miss out on what God is doing. And so that has been my prayer. My spirit has been stirred, you know, whatever you're doing in Asbury or, or wherever, you know, these revivals are breaking out, God, don't leave me out. I mean, I'm 30 some and I am just as hungry for an outpouring of your spirit and your presence. And please don't forget about me. You know, that's kind of been where, where I've been over the last week and a half is just constantly praying, like, please, God, don't forget about me. And I was just, you know, in a little bit of prayer this week and I was um, reading in Luke um, 9 verses 57 and 62, and it's just titled, um, it really depends what mess or what version you are reading from in your Bible, but one of them is titled the cost of following Jesus. And I think the other one is titled, um, your business is life maybe or something like that. Um, but regardless, um, I was just reading through this and I was thinking about this story and how it pertains to lukewarmness and it's a really short scripture. So I'm going to read it, um, to you today. And I honestly, I, I, I have the, um, I don't honestly, I don't even know what version. I think this might be like a English standard version that I'm reading out of. Um, But I'm going to hit a couple parts in the message because I love the message. But it says this, as they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, "Um, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. To another, he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. And I was just thinking, you know, as these men are, you know, talking with Jesus and Jesus is like, follow me. And these men who are standing in the circle of, you know, the, of God, of him, of himself, of the son of God, you know, of the power and authority and dominion that rest in that being they're like next to him, breathing the same air and they still have excuses. You know, let me, my dad just died. Let me go get, you know, him buried and then I'll come back and follow you. And then the other guy's like, 
you know, let me go home and, and say bye to my family and then I'll come back and then I'll follow you. And the message Bible, it says in verse 60, your business is life, not death. And life is urgent. Announce God's kingdom. So that's Jesus's response to the first guy. Like, listen, we aren't here to worry about what's already died. You know, your business on this earth is to proclaim God's kingdom, to announce it everywhere you go, to bring life to situations, to, you know, that's, that's kind of what your whole purpose is. That's what we're called to be on this earth. And then in 62, his response to the second guy was this in the message. It says, no procrastination, no backwards looks. You can't put God's kingdom off until tomorrow. Seize the day. And I was just like, you know, when you see a revival breaking out or revivals breaking out, it stirs your spirit. And I honestly feel like there is a call to wake up the Christian. And I quote Christian because there are many people who claim Christianity, but aren't walking a life of kingdom purpose that aren't making life their business that aren't announcing God's kingdom everywhere they're going that aren't you know living pure and holy and righteous before the Lord and you know a a thought that I had with Jesse the other day in the car was you know there are so many churches and you know, they preach Jesus, you know, there's a wonderful, you know, display of message of the message of, of, you know, the word of God. There's beautiful music being played. There's fellowship and a community, a sense of community. And the only thing that we, Jess and I have found that's missing is the Holy spirit. And so I'm like, you know, if you watch the videos of the revival, there's, um, there's nothing fancy going on. It's literally just of, you know, a, a room full of people worshiping God and coming to repentance and, you know, feeling the awe and the wonder of his presence. And I'm like, you know, we have services like that. Um, the only difference for us is, you know, there, the room isn't full of people, you know, there's a big chunk of people there. Um, but I'm like, are there so many Christians that don't know his spirit and that don't know what that feels like to be in his presence, that this is overwhelming. And I'm like, that is so sad that, you know, Christianity has come to the point where we don't even know, we don't even have the Holy spirit you know, a part of our services, a part of our lives. And, and so my heart behind this podcast today is to say, wake up you Christian. And I quote Christian because I'm like, you know, God is coming back for us. He's coming back. He's not happy with the way that the world is. He's coming back to finally end this thing once and for all. And like I said earlier, my heart is I don't want to miss it out. I don't want to miss out. I don't want you to pass me by. I want to be with you. And my fear 
is that there are a lot of fence walkers um, that are going to miss it. And so I'm saying wake up today. Um, you know, I, I believe that this, these scriptures just right here is a command and a wake up call for anyone who has been literally on the fence, literally saying and claiming Christianity, but not living a life, um, announcing God's kingdom, not living a life that's pure and holy. I talked last week about letting the, like, there's always that thing that we need to let go of and, um, whatever that is for you, like, let this be your wake up call. Like, let go of it. Um, because the sad thing is I was, um, reading about, I was reading something one day this week and I saw this and it's from Charles Spurgeon and it says a worldly Christian is spiritually deceased. You cannot give people something you don't have. And I'm like, that makes so much sense because if you're looking at yourself and you're claiming to be a Christian and, and you go to church on Sundays, okay, and you know, you feel God and, and you, you know, you love God. And, but when it comes from Monday to Saturday, if you're living a life that is similar to someone who is not a Christian and does not claim Jesus, let this be your wake up call. There is a cost to following Jesus. He says it so plainly. You can't give people something you don't have. If you are looking at yourself and you are pertaining and enjoying the pleasures of the world with people who are not claiming Jesus as their Lord and Savior, if you're compromising your yourself, if you're in situations that you're living in sin, you're doing things that are sinful, and you're going to know it, the Holy Spirit is going to make it so plain to you. You probably already know it because you're in church on Sunday, you get convicted, and then you're out of church. And so the conviction is kind of just not, you know, at top priority. So you already feel it in your spirit that, yeah, there is something that I'm hanging on to. I have to let go of it. That's what we talked about last week. We have to let go of that because you can't give people Jesus if you yourself don't have it. Um, so what is it that's inside of you? What is it that you're per like you're participating in that you are joining the world in its pleasures. There are things that will keep you from his kingdom. And my heart is if you're listening, please don't let that be you. Please don't let God come back for us and not take you with him. Um, you know, a fence walker is on urban dictionary. I was looking at kind of just to see like what it's defined as, and it's someone who doesn't take sides, acts one way around certain people, and then acts differently around another group of people. There are so many Christians that act one way when you're with your church friends or you're in a church building, you know, you, you act one way. And then as soon as you're with the other group of people, you act completely different. Um, you know, I believe that there are people who are seriously in churches every Sunday who are fence walking and who are giving excuses to God. Like, Lord, let me, you know, I want to follow you, 
I want to be a Christian, but uh, I really enjoy getting drunk on the weekends with my girlfriends. So let me kind of party it out for just a couple more years. And then when I'm ready to settle down, I'm going to follow you wholeheartedly. (laughs) You may not say that because the reality, if you said it, would literally make you (laughs) like just like cringe when you hear it because of the honesty that is in that. But the life that you're living is practically saying that to God. Um, You know, you may say, here we go. Um, God, I I really want to follow you. Um, But I'm like, I have this business and we are about to explode and I have to connect with like all of these people and, and they, they aren't Christians. And so I need to be cool and just make sure I keep those connections. So they invest in me and, um, my business is really successful. And then once I'm reaching this amount of successfulness, I will come back on and I will follow you. Those are things that I'm talking about today. You know, God, I'm single right now (laughs) and you know, I, I want to follow you, but I don't have a husband yet. So let me just, um, let me just like test the waters out here. You know, let me, you know, on the weekends, I want to hang out with my girls, but then, you know, get a little bit of side love. Um, and then on Sunday I'll come back and worship you. And then I promise God once, you know, I know who I'm going to marry and I can settle down. Um, then I'm going to follow you because I really enjoy the intimacy that I get from a man, but I know I'm not married. (laughs) Like these are just little things that I'm saying Like this is like cultural. This is, this is how we take this scripture and we make it relevant to us because these are the things that we're walking through. You know, God, I really want to follow you, but I like the high that I get off of drugs and I, I, I don't want to stop doing them, but I love you and I, I won't follow you, but I just can't right now. It's excuse after excuse after excuse. And some of it, some of you, it's pride. You know, I don't, I don't want like my family to know that I serve you and that, you know, I claim you a savior because they think it's crazy and weird. You know, there are so many different examples that I could sit and give you today. But the heart behind the matter is, listen, God is coming back and he's saying right now, follow me. Like you have to announce that I am coming. There are people who need to hear your story and you're, and you announcing God's kingdom. You can't put off my kingdom until tomorrow because the time is coming. And it honestly, it's here. Revivals are breaking out. People are coming back. They're being more aware of God's presence. And I'm telling you, if you are a fence walker and if you are walking and dabbling in here and there and and, in church and sin and the wrong friends and the wrong people, you know, if you're, if you're dabbling in, in business corruption and and investing in wrong things and gambling and, and all of these things, if you're dabbling in that sin, you're compromising. If you are a part of the world, you are a worldly Christian. You are spiritually diseased. Like you're sick. I think that's so important to know that you like you're sickening God. That's why he says, I would rather have you hot or cold. Lukewarmness makes me sick that I want to spit you out of my mouth. He's so tired of fence walking Christians that claim him one day 
and want nothing to do with him the rest of the week. You cannot be yoked with unbelievers in their pleasure and what they find funny. You can't. I don't make the rules. I just tell you what the Bible says. You cannot be equally yoked together with unbelievers and their pleasure and their amusements. You cannot. Second Corinthians, let's see, 6.14. Let me, let me try to find it real fast for you. Don't become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not partnership, that's war. Is light best friends with dark? Does Christ go strolling with the devil? Do trust and mistrust hold hands? Who would think of setting up idols in God's holy temple? But that is exactly what we are. Each of us a temple in whom God lives. God himself put it this way. I'll live in them, move into them. I'll be their God and they'll be my people. So leave the corruption and compromise. Leave it for good, says God. Don't link up with those who will pollute you. I want you all for myself. I'll be a father to you. You'll be my sons and daughters to me. The word of the master God. Don't link up with people who will pollute you. If you are surrounded by people who are not speaking life into you, get away. I think so many times we think, you know, we, we see Jesus, you know, eating with sinners and, and being kind to sinners and showing sinners love. And that's kind of where he hung out, you know, was with sinners. But he had complete, um, let me see how I want to see this. He knew who he was. He was the son of God. He knew his purpose on this earth was to preach God's kingdom, to enlarge his kingdom. He knew why he was placed here was to save all humanity from sin. And so he came with, you know, a purpose and a passion and a reason. And I'm, and as I'm saying this, I'm like, you know, the only difference we have that same passion and purpose and, and reason that's what we're supposed to do. But the only missing link between Jesus and us isn't because Jesus isn't here. It's because we have the Holy spirit in us. So there's honestly, that's the same thing, you know, Jesus is literally walking this earth by living inside of us because of the Holy Spirit. But the only difference is this. Listen, Jesus knew who he was. He knew he was the son of God. He knew he was the Messiah. He knew the power and authority that he held. And the only difference is that Christians don't know who they are. They don't know the power and authority that they hold. And so when they're sitting with Christians... They're saying, well, Jesus sat with Christians. Yeah, but he knew that he was going to change them, that they weren't going to change who he was. He knew the reason why he was sitting with these sinners was to save them, heal them, heal them, deliver them, allow them to walk in freedom. When you're sitting with Christians and sinners and people of this world, you're not sitting there with the same passion and purpose that Jesus was when he sat with them. You're sitting there saying, oh, I'm going to be friends friends with them. You know, Jesus sat with sinners. He ate with them. I'm going to hang out and we're going to go out and we're going to go out to the bars. And I'm, that's, you know, that's me sitting and hanging with sinners. No, that's not the point. 
It's not the point. You have to know who you are. You have to know the power and authority that you hold with the Holy Spirit living inside of you for you to be able to sit with sinners and make a difference. You cannot walk into a relationship with darkness and be completely consumed by it because you don't know the light that you hold. That's so, (laughs) that is like, that's strong. I'm saying that very strongly because I want you guys to wake up. You cannot compromise the dominion that you hold. Um, Genesis 1, let me see. I heard this this morning because I was trying to get myself just spiritually ready for you guys as I record this. Genesis 1, let's see, where is it? I think it's like 28 maybe. It's when God created humans. He created us. I don't like the message version. Let me go to... Oh, I actually had it. Okay, so Genesis one twenty seven. it says, So God created man in his own image, and the image of God he created them. Male and female he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God created you to have dominion over the earth. When he created you in his likeness, he put dominion in each one of us. We have the dominion of Christ. There is a space for you in this earth to fully walk out. And that is living and breathing God's word, announcing God's kingdom, changing the way that sinners think and the way that sinners are. You have dominion because God created you. And at the end of the day, you're either devoted to Jesus or you're devoted to the world. You're either caught up with things of the spirit and spiritual matters or you are caught up in worldly matters and things of the world. God created you to have dominion. To announce his kingdom. We can't put off God's kingdom for another day. You have to make the choice. It's one or the other. You fence-walking Christian... You lukewarm Christian, you Sunday Christian, you person who is just hanging on to something that you don't need to hang on to, God's telling you it's time to wake up. This is a command for you to make a decision, to make a choice. It's one or the other. It cannot ever be both. And so hear my heart today. You can't give people something you don't have. You're wondering, you know, I think you're wondering sometimes why God isn't moving in your, in your finances or in your family. Why isn't he moving? Why isn't he showing himself? Why do I have, why do I not have favor? Why do I not see blessings? Why do I not see all these things that other Christians claim to be walking in and having? 
it's because you can't give something to people that you don't have. You want to see salvation in your husband and your wife. You want to see salvation in your children. Who are they seeing Jesus from? You. And so I'm like, are you showing them Jesus? Or are you showing them a quote, Sunday Christian, and then cussing, lying all week, gambling, living impure, having side, you know, girls and guys out drinking at the bars. If you want to see Jesus moving in your life and in your family's life, you first have to make the decision. You can't give people something you don't have. You can't announce God's kingdom. Stop looking back. Stop putting it off. I love it because it says seize the day. Today is the day for salvation. Today is the day to make that decision. I'm tired of the way that I'm living. I'm tired of feeling convicted. That's the Holy Spirit convicting you. If you feel it, it's because there's something inside of you that you're doing or an action or something that you're pertaining in, something that you're compromising with, something that you're living in, a worldly sin. There is something that God's saying, I need this to come out because I have so much for you. I created you to be a kingdom-minded person. I created you to move into situations and claim dominion over them and change them for the better of the world. But I can't get you unless you give it up. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this moment together. I thank you, God, that your word is true. It's strong. It's powerful. And it is convicting. And I pray a convicting spirit, God. Your Holy Spirit would just convict the hearts and, and the minds of people that are hearing this today. God, you have spoken to them. They, they know it. They felt it. I don't have to say it. I don't have to call them out, God. You've already called them out. Your Holy Spirit has nudged them. And I pray that you give them power to overcome, to lay the thing down, to do the thing that you've called them to do. There are people who need them. What they don't understand is that the only way they see Jesus is through them. And so when it's it's a confusing thing because they're proclaiming Jesus, but they're living a life of the world, it's confusing to those that are around them. And, and they're questioning if Jesus is real, but they need to stand up. They need to proclaim your goodness. They need to live a life that's holy, pure, righteous before you, God. Help them cultivate that in them. Pull out things in them that that don't need to be there and replace it with the fruit of the spirit, God, with gentleness, kindness, self-control, self-control. Some people need self-control, God. Place that inside of them. Discipline, Lord Father. Place discipline inside of them. Love, God. Place love inside of them. Patience. Fill them with patience. I pray you can do it right now. I believe you can do it right now. God, inside of me, I pray. Patience, self-control, discipline. I believe you're all-powerful, God. And I believe that you're waking up Christians all over this world to realize and to be more aware of your power and your presence. God, help us 
not miss out, but to be a part of the ride, to be a part of your goodness, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you guys. I know that was a little strong and a little harsh, but my heart is to see you succeed in walking out God's purpose. I pray and I hope that you have a great week. I can't wait to come back next week. Listen, share this with someone. If you feel so urgently or urgently to, to just send this, you can copy the link um, and send it to them. You can post on your social medias. Um, tag me in it if you do. I love getting God's word out. I love knowing that there are people that are listening and that are being changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is more... Um, joyous. I don't even know if that's a word. I feel like it might be joyous to me than knowing that God's word is getting sent out and people are listening and lives are changing. You make that happen when you share. Love you guys. Be blessed and I'll see you next time.